We have some questions for Interactive Thursday, a couple questions then we'll do our Salatul Maghrib. After Salatul Maghrib then if we have more questions or what you got? As-salamu alaykum Sayyidi Wa alaykum as Sayyidi, what is the energy reality of the spine? Yes, on that last week, inshaAllah. That the vertical axis is like the alif for Allah The izam might of Allah is moving on this vertical understanding and it's the alif because the hurufs are hidden within the body. And the alif of insan and the secret of insan is an energy that moves on their spine. As a result of that energy moves to their two feet and Allah's might is holding that servant up without a gyroscope inside because you can't hold anything up on two, right? They have to make artificial gyroscopes to make something to stand up. So it means the fact that we're able to walk upon this earth is a Divine light and power that moves through the spine, that the energy that comes into the heart is powering through that spine. And from positivity means the emanation of Divine grace and what we breathe and energize ourselves with these Divine energies, they energize the heart through the breath and the heart and they dress the spine. The material world is an electromagnetic energy, a negative energy that are radiating upon the earth, the horizontal horizon. When that horizon and horizontal energy of the earth is along the feet, so the great clash begins at the feet. So where your spine and the extension of your spine are your feet. And when the feet touch the earth, the great negativity is upon the earth because all their desires, all, all the, the characteristics, all the bad energies of insan move on this horizontal plane. As a result of the energy that comes into the heart and through the breath and dresses the spine of Divine Grace, soon as insan and humans touch the earth, the negative charge is moving up. That's why the smell and bad smell on the feet is the first sign because the negative energy is too intense coming onto the feet. Smell has to do with reality, right? Angelic healing and angelic understanding is the first sign. So bad smells have to do with bad energy. When the body is trying to release these energies they have a bad smell. Beautific smells have to do with the positive and beautific energies of Divine Grace. As a result of this energy coming onto the spine, touching the earth, all the negativity is coming up. Then if the negativity and there's not enough energy on the heart and the soul, what's happening? That, that power that coming down all the way down, when there's not enough power coming all the way down to push the negativity away. 
If it's not, this negativity now is climbing. So it's a battle. Either the negative is going to come up or the positive is going to go down. When the negative is coming up, you begin with the feet pain, the leg pain. Then it's because it's, it's moving, it knows where it wants to attack, it's going to become right at the bottom of the spine. Burdens, negative energy moving up. The positive energy is coming down. That's why then in healing other than and also when a burden is being thrown onto somebody to carry something, it's an immense negativity. Means that their flux of energy that was doing really good and their flow of energy was positive. When somebody throws a burden onto them, that flux of negativity is not easily being disposed on the body and all of a sudden can hit them in their legs and in their back with a difficulty. So that is important in our energy training. That's why that those whom are understanding healing and working with people, then they have to keep their awrad, they have to keep the etiquette of what their recitations. Those recitations that were given by the Naqshbandi shaykhs were to bring a power to their heart, to their soul, to bring Allah's grace and rahmah. We don't know the value of just saying, Allah. So when the shaykh says, say it 1500 times, means this was a command from Allah to Prophet to the shaykhs, then there's a tremendous amount of energy. That energy is coming, pushing, pushing, pushing and begins to push all the negativity out. When they have a burden thrown upon them or negativity begins to come upon them, then they have to make their salawats, they have to make all of the things. So every sickness, every burden that's coming is a negative energy. So imagine it's you're good with 50 pounds, you're carrying everything. All of a sudden they come with a hundred pound burden and throw it onto you. Well how are you going to move this energy on your body? It manifests as sickness, difficulties, pains. Why? Because your body is now trying to process this negative energy and to push it out. That's why then you would increase your salawats, make sure you're always in wudu, make sure you always have your connection with the shaykhs doing your, your muraqabah and doing the awrads. That keeping that, that flow of energy flowing onto the person so that they're always lit, they're lit like lightning. As a result it continuously pushing down and pushing everything away. So when something tries to come to them it's being burned before it even approaches. So that's important in the energy practices and in energy training inshaAllah. So. Uh, as Salaamu Alaykum Shaykh Nurjan. <coughs> Thank you for speaking on this topic tonight, SubhanAllah. It was perfect timing for me and the reminders and guidance are so helpful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Allah bless you. <coughs> um, as Salaamu Alaykum Sayyidi. How do we know when a negative interaction in a community is a test to learn to raise our concerns politely and with love versus just quietly walking away. How to recognize learning opportunity? Yeah, you begin to understand your own ability. So not every question, every conversation is something to remain silent, means there are conversations we have on a daily basis. The later you go back and ponder that, was that talk uh, Rahmani means moving me closer to the Divine or was it Nafsani that I was, oh that was just like a whole bunch of ego stuff. 
then you know we, we do an analysis of everything, we do a muhasaba, an accounting of everything. This situation that we're talking about is understanding the active role of shaitan in everything. That when a discussion is coming that's not comfortable and we know where this is going to go because this discussion was a, was a nice example that when we were talking they were saying, oh well, I didn't know that you know shaitan going to come in this situation, I thought this was just a discussion and they had a, a legitimate concern about my faith and my interaction of my faith. So, yeah, because you're focusing on the characters. So we don't go to the character and then micro-analyze everything because that's not important in the great picture. I'm not here to look at the and give an analysis of the scenery, but I want to know on the grander picture am I succeeding or failing. The grander picture is to negate all the characters and go now to the top. That what was Allah's way in this, was I moving towards what Allah wanted from me or again I fell in the trap of shaitan. So I knew certain living rooms that I'm going to enter into it's going to be a it's going to go all over the place. So then I would always remain quiet and then my family would ask, why are you always quiet there? So because I know, in my heart I walk in and this is going to go upside down because hello will become, why is your beard long? Anything will just will go back to that subject. So just hello and I stay quiet and learn to stay quiet and learn to understand that this is going to be a negativity. So there are certain places that you know are going to be confrontational. The main thing is that we're not going to think that we're going to change shaitan because if we don't see the negativity and rise above the scene, we're dealing with people saying, oh no this person was just asking because they wanted to know and this person asked because they said, no, no forget about the person. The one behind is the one you should be concerned of. Shaitan didn't want to know anything. Shaitan wanted to attack what you believe and give you a, a, an excitement and see if you would lose your composure and lose your ability to, to succeed. That's all he's interested in, is making you fail. If we understand that shaitan's only interest in every dialogue and in every action is to make you fail. So we try to make ourselves to be successful in what Allah wants and that's what's important. Because in the end Allah doesn't care about your family, your relationships, nothing. Doesn't say, oh okay you were yelling because of all this. Because everyone has just one grave, you don't take everybody with you like a vacation. It's just you going into that hole. Are you going to make it successful or you're going to be deceived and then it's not successful. So it means that everything is based on that. So I can't give an excuse for all of these other conditions. Allah just said, we don't care for all these things, I just want to know about your character and what your condition is going to be in that grave, inshaAllah. As Alaikum Shaykh Nurjan Walaykum As Salaam Sidi, what is the reality of carrying the sins of our ancestors? These sins don't go away. So we've described that in other talks, <coughs> the jinn talks because those are subjects that people are not comfortable with nor do they probably understand it. But these energy beings are 
are old, their lifespans are thousands of years old. If for some reason a descendant should cross one of them and have a difficulty with these energy beings of what the jinn world is consists of, that fight can be for thousand years and they would have generational difficulties. And that because that lifespan is there, that person, that, that creature is still young. So they're still coming after that family and that lineage of that family. So those are, those are issues that are of a dangerous nature and those are because of the sins of the family or what they've done. If they've harmed people, if they've uh, destroyed… there are, are families that created alcohol from wood and their alcohol was so contagious and so many people died of it, they have generational cursing for example. Then families that created weapons, which I think is one of the Winchester family, that created weapons that killed millions of people, thousands or hundreds of thousands of people, they have generational curses of who they've hurt and what they've been written for them. So it means that there's always some sort of an energy, how do you relieve yourself of that? So it means that whatever the family has of a difficulty like an inheritance, it's not only inheriting cash but you inherit all these burdens that have been built up. When Allah's rahmah and Allah's immense blessing dresses somebody, He's cleaning their lineage in seven directions. That's why we say guidance is not something you're clever and you got here, it's Allah's giving you an opportunity to clean your, your, your ancestors in seven directions. Soon as somebody's been granted to enter the tariqah and begin a, a circle of praising, a life of praising, a life of reaching realities, we're an ancestral ambassador. I'm an ambassador for my ancestors. That Allah chose me, sit there, be dressed by these blessings. As a result of these blessings I'm taking away many burdens that are following your, your ancestors and difficulties. As a result they're all being cleaned. Even if they passed, if they passed away, they're being cleaned in their graves by the actions of that servant. Every zikr they do, every program they do, every goodness they do, when the deed is going and being written, the angels will present the deed and will be granted to who's the father first and it will be written to the father of the servant, who's the mother, be written to the mother of the servant and then who are the descendants. And the tariqah, awliya of the tariqah come to describe it'll go in seven directions of ancestry and begin cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. So it's like your, your grandfather bought you a share of a company like 200 years ago and somebody gives you that certificate. How, how big it's grown, how powerful it is, means they're sitting in the grave and they don't know what happened, how all of a sudden all these lights are flowing into their grave. And Allah destined one of their descendants, sit into that association, now be dressed with the Muhammadan ishq, the love from Allah the love from Prophet and to be dhakirun, those who make dhikr of Allah is immense, immense blessings. And that's what we don't understand the reality of guidance and, and the reality of when Allah wants to grant us an immense gift, how much it gives to us and all our descendants. Even the descendants who are against the zikr, against the practices, it's cleaning them. And that's why humans are their own worst enemy because of what they, they block of blessings from their own mind, their own intellect, their own hands.
when Allah continuously dressing and blessing and trying to give us blessings, inshaAllah. As Salaamu Alaykum Sayyidi Walaykum Salaam Sayyidi, what are the signs of possession by a jinn? Possession? Yeah, any, anybody whom is possessed by negative energies, they exhibit the quality of those energies. So we said that at every moment we are doing good and bad. When we take the choice towards bad, means the negative energy got too close. If we allow it to stay close, then we begin to eat bad, talk bad, act bad because it's too close. So that person now is becoming possessed. As soon as they become angered, and anger is a sign that, that that type of energy is too close to you. There's no rule for Allah and Prophet gave to us qadab is kufr. It means anger equal sign is disbelief. So why? Because he's describing for us that as soon as this anger comes it's accompanied by something. Anger is not just coming to you. So it's like those cartoons, there's a, a devil like a fire is burning you. As a result of burning you, you're becoming angered. When the anger overtakes you, it took you out of La ilaha illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah And the only time anger can come is if it's for Allah that in your faith, the love of Prophet the love of Qur'an, that something's happening and it's angering you in the way of Allah But 99.9999% has nothing to do with Allah it's everybody's personal egos and their life. So what happens when that flame comes and overtakes the person means they came out of belief. That's when they can start saying and doing things that they would never have done in their belief. And that was the danger. So immediately they have to go make their wudu, renew their shahada and make their salah and make the salatul wudu to regain and recalibrate themselves back into their belief. So that it's a continuous attack, continuous attack. And people whom are fully possessed they know, they don't ask that question, right? They, they know they're possessed, they're screaming and things are attacking them. The, the rest is just curiosity. But the one whom is continuously angry, watch out because you're close to being possessed. It's getting too close to you, that fire is too, too much under you, why? How could he be getting that close? That's the danger. But the one fully possessed, they know they're possessed and how horrific that is, inshaAllah. Allah save us from these difficulties. As Salaamu Alaykum Sayyidi Walaykum As Salaam Sayyidi, can you kindly explain who are the mukhlis that are mahfuz from shaitan? Who are they? This is uh, Abdul Salam, Abdul Jalil. <laughs> yeah, the characteristics are a mukhlis. Their, their characteristics, we have them in the talks of the senses. Those are, those are subjects in, in the depth of the senses and the understanding of real taqwa. Means the, those whom are mukhlasin al-deen who are, who are sincere that Allah granted them uh, immense sincerity. And their senses and the reality of their taqwa 
Allah has given them a taqwa from all their senses. And as a result Allah became their hearing, became their seeing, became their breath in which they breathe, the hands in which they touch, the feet in which they move and that they have power of kun fayakun. And Allah describes them as Rabbaniyoon. So means that whole system we have in, in the articles on the website go to nurmuhammad.com and you can type in actually who is a mukhlas. And that is a whole article on the systems that first before mukhlas is the taqwa. Who can be conscious of Allah has to be somebody meditating. There's no one conscious of Allah who doesn't meditate, contemplate or tafakkur. Because how could you have a fear of Allah if you don't see anything, feel anything and have any sense of, of faith? And faith is not something you declare. Faith is a light that enters into the heart of the servant in which Prophet described that you have to love me, Ya Umar, more than you love yourself. So that faith is, a, is, a, is an event, it's not something hypothetical. When that faith only comes when the servant is trained through their senses. So they have a taqwa, they're meditating, they have a consciousness, they fear, they, they receive the energies, the lights, the tajallis. As a result of that beautific relationship their fear is to disappoint Allah in which He closes that relationship. But whom never opened that reality, what they're fearing about? If I tell you, you have concrete in front of you blocking you from Allah and now instead of concrete it's Ten feet of steel also, doesn't make a difference for you anymore, you're not anywhere near that reality. So they don't have taqwa, real taqwa. But whom the veils became thin because they progressed, they advanced, they struggled, Allah gave them difficulties, they were sabirin, that they were patient, then what happens? The veils become less and less, they feel the energies, they get a sense of the movement of these energies of the heavens within their heart. They now have a taqwa because they're yearning for that connection, they feel the energy of that connection. If Allah was to take it away they would, they would fall into an immense depression and that's a reason why they don't distance themselves from what Allah has commanded them. And they have an immense love for Prophet and then because this ocean of light and faith is nourishing them. So that's not something that you can walk away from and survive on this earth. So they have taqwa, consciousness. As a result their hearing is now very pure. So they hear, they don't listen to people and the consensus of people and a democratic vote on everything. No, they, they listen to what Allah wants from them, what Prophet wants from them, what their conscious and living heart is, is speaking to them. Their hearing is clean, their eyes, they're continuously washing their eyes so that the eye of their heart remains clean like a mirror to reflect the heavens. They don't keep throwing garbage onto their mirror then they're surprised I can't see anything because there's so much garbage on your mirror you have to spend all the time cleaning it. But once they clean it and reach those lights they, they dare not contaminate it and whatever natural contamination is coming they're trained on how to wash it with their soul and, and the use of water and they throw that burden into water. So those articles we have on, on reaching all the senses and that those senses all being conscious of Allah as a result it becomes the holy face being conscious 
And now they're in the category of the holy hadith al-Qudsi that when my servant did the fard and now approached with their, their loving worshipness, I become their ears, their eyes, their breath. So alhamdulillah, inshaAllah dress us from these lights and these blessings inshaAllah. As Salaamu Alaykum Sayyidi Walaykum As Salaam Abdullah. I've seen in some videos movement of the head like drawing breath from right shoulder to the heart. What's the reality of this Sayyidi? You have to get three books, the meditation <laughs> books. That's from the timeless reality. You see this covered, the timeless reality? <laughs> yeah, these are the meditation. If you're new, if this person is new then no problem. If they're not new and you, you, you got the book or you didn't get the book, you didn't read all about meditation. That's the movement of energy, right? Every breath is coming in is an energy. We have to bring and visualize that energy coming in with nafas al-rahmah. Move that energy to la. La is your forehead, no. Don't use your head. You're not going to find Allah with your head. You're not going to find the heavens with your head. Your head doesn't know anything. La ilaha means there's no divinity to the right and then you move this light and this energy with your breath to your forehead so that it begins to polish the head and empty your head. Ilaha and begin to bring the energy to the right, illallah nothing but Allah, illallah nothing but Allah and that light hits the heart to begin to awaken and bring a light and a, and a Divine awakening into the heart because most people walk the earth as a dead heart. The walking dead are actually all the humans on earth now. Those shows that Allah inspires for people, the walking dead, arr, 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 actually all 99% of humans are walking dead. They're not the living hearts, their hearts are not open, they're not feeling compassion and mercy and rahmah. So Allah showing these shows that they're so fearful, oh my God is so frightened. Well people are now walking dead and they eat the flesh of each other because they backbite and talk bad about each other. So they're all walking dead. So then the illallah is to open the heart and bring a Divine light into the heart until the heart begins to feel that it's been opened and revived and then it begins to really come alive with Divine grace, inshaAllah. So that's up to the right and left, up, right, left, up, right, left. La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah. And we have the whole timeless reality, that's a whole encyclopedia on meditation. So you have to get that, read it, read it from front to cover and then when you've read it then again ask some questions and then read it again. Spiritual knowledge is never stale. So every time you pick it up and read it you should have learned something more otherwise you're not progressing because every day you should be at a new horizon. So you walk into the forest your first time you walk in and you say, okay I don't see nothing here, a lot of trees because I'm looking at all the, the, the trunk of the tree. But in life if we're spiritually progressing then two years I come into that forest I would say, I see, oh I see a much higher horizon. Now I see where the, the leaves of the trees are and I see this immense horizon. Ten years into this I should be on top of the trees. So when I look 
I see the entire horizon and what's coming up ahead, not the ground. So it means spiritual knowledge, every time we are spiritually progressing, when we read a timeless reality and timeless knowledges and the, the, the haqqaiqs of Sayyidina Muhammad then they have no time. So it'll come deeper into the heart based on the student's understanding and spiritual progress. If they've progressed, the knowledge will become deeper for them, more understanding and more openings. And that's how they can go deep into everything. What I knew 25 years ago is not compared to what we know now. So each time it's going deeper. The same, La ilaha illallah was one thing when we joined. La ilaha illallah now is an infinite ocean at this age and this understanding. It never ends its understanding and its realities. As Alaikum Sayyidi Walaykum As Salaam Ramtullah. Sayyidi, uh, our question is about the alif and the lam, how it represents in the body, up, down, two side body of reflection in our heart and soul. Hmm? <laughs> no idea. Those are those are one of those tough ones. Don't understand. The lamb is what? Uh, alif and lamb, how it represents in the body. Up, down, two side body and reflection of our heart and soul. Stick with what we've taught. Stick with what we've taught so the basis of, of where we go we can understand. So that if you pull from different directions, different writings, different understandings, I can't calibrate the basis of what the person is understanding, right? You have to take from what Mawlana Shaykh's dish was given to us. From that dish we can make many things. But once I understand the dish, then I can understand the direction somebody's making something from it. But when we don't go from that basis, then it becomes something we don't understand. So there are other Naqshbandi mujaddidi, they have a different lataif system. And if they think that works for them, then only they know that that works for them. But what was given to us from Shaykh Abdullah Faizi Dagestani, Sultanul Awliya is something completely different. And it works, it's open, verified and it's being used. So this is a system in which Prophet gave to Shaykh Sultanul Awliya and Shaykh Abdul Faiz Dagestani. So those colors, that system, that zikr, those lataifs are understood. So same thing as far as insan and the alif and the lamb and those that's something different. The lamb for us is its importance is in lisan and the understanding of opening the tongue and what that lisan represents of its haqqaiqs. The lamb also is the seat of the chair, so that's the center and the point of authority. And that's why in every lamb is a relationship and what we call a mulk, that every formation of creation that comes into existence is through a lamb. Why? Because the lisan has to speak it. So Allah's hidden will doesn't manifest, it's hidden. When Allah pushes the soul of Prophet's heart, 
because in this what we call a heart is not physical, in that world of light from the, where the, the qalb and the reality of Prophet will begin to bring manifestation out, it's from the irada, kulun amrun irada. Every command and every will of mine, because from Surah Yaseen is in the soul and the reality of Yaseen which is Prophet When that push comes and Prophet speaks it through the ancient tongue, now it manifests. So that's the, the, the seat of the throne, that's why it's in the form of a L, the lamb. Because that's the lisan, that's the tongue in which we'll speak for Allah eternally. As Salaamu Sayyidi Walaykum As Salaam wa On the topic of good and bad practices, yes. uh, does the shaykh encourage martial arts? I notice I feel much better, have more energy for practices, and the environment feels positive. Sure. Any type of uh, physical training and uh, conditioning and disciplining is, is good. So as, as long as the servant uh, can do that in a, in a good environment, a safe environment, then alhamdulillah. These are also sunnah to learn how to defend oneself and to, to, to build character and to, to build a, a discipline. Most of them have a very strong discipline and any recitation they give is, you keep your zikr, don't recite what they ask you to recite. So these are the recitations that we recite for our support and, and our way. So alhamdulillah and it's, it's very much the symbols of tariqah, right? So when they ask you to come to zikr, put your sunnah clothes and not the clothes from work but the clothes that you're coming for worshipness. Why? One to depart the material world, divorce yourself from the material world is that when you come to a spiritual association you put your key on, what they call in martial arts? Kiya, yeah. yeah, you put your, your suit on, why? So to get you into the mindset, want to clean you from negative street energy, bad energy, work energy and to put yourself in the mindset, I'm coming for something different. So more so for the believers because they're coming for Allah What do you want to come from the clothes that you were in work that put your worshipness on and as a result you get now into that mindset. And then the washing, the discipline with the self, all of that is good and that's why it's good for children also that they have a conditioning, a, a discipline and it teaches them a strong, strong amount of discipline. And then self-confidence because when they know how to defend themselves it has to build the confidence and they're taught in those defense classes never to use against people. This is just something for oneself and the building of oneself inshaAllah. As Salaamu Alaikum Sayyidi Walaykum As Salaam wa rahmatullah. Sayyidi, while listening to nasheeds of Mawla Ali Ya Haydar, heart feels immense love. Can we connect our heart to Imam Ali after connecting with our shaykh? Sure, there's all their love for all of them. We're supposed to connect our heart with all their love. That goes without saying, alhamdulillah. Love of Prophet and the love of Imam Ali Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, love of all the awliya is to keep all our love and our love for them. But don't confuse that with trying to make that as your daily meditation. Then your nafs will come in and take you to, to, take you to think or take us to think too high of ourselves. 
that I don't know anything about my shaykh, I, I don't really make any connection, I really haven't gone into depth like that but I'm not connected to Imam Ali and that becomes completely the nafs because that's not something that can be calibrated, that's you and imaginal world. So we've had many you know, 35 years of doing this, there was a student came and said, no I'm connected to Imam Ali and I don't need to come here anymore. I said, look, uh, I'm more connected to my money than you and I'm telling you, you better be sitting on the carpet. He said, no, my, my Imam Ali says, no. I said, okay, well, no, this is between my Imam Ali and your Imam Ali. <laughs> this is the, the, the nafs. So I said, look, in this spiritual realm, when they've hired me to be a teacher, they don't hire you to come against the teacher. So this is from the nafs, don't do that. First make your connection, be a humble person and in your connection they'll show you and teach you how to be nothing and disconnect and lower your connection. Don't try to use that connection in the presence of a shaykh because next time you'll use it in the presence of much higher and that can be a big, big no-no. So everything in tariqah is an adab. So to show ourselves always as I'm nothing, I'm nothing and I have to command the ocean of my shaykh. I have to be fully understanding that reality, dressed from that reality, that he introduces me into that reality. And as a result all the knowledges and everything that I'm reading, I have to be reading with that dress from the shaykh. Then that begins the conveyance from the shaykh to me. If you're going to cut out shaykhs and say, no Imam Ali is now sending directly to my heart. Well then people do the same thing where they say, no, no, Prophet is directly sending. Then later on they say, no, actually as a matter of fact uh, Imam Mahdi is only directly sending and as a matter of fact I left all of that and now Allah is directly sending to me. So we've seen that progression and the danger of that, the tariqah is a path of humility in which that you think the might and the majesty of Allah's immense power is going to flow directly into you. And, and guide you and speak to you and circumvent La illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah and just be with you. Even on an energy basis that doesn't make sense. And Sayyidina Musa I said, I want to see Allah and Allah said, you can't. But let me send you some power and what happened to Sayyidina Musa is completely annihilated by that reality. So it means it's a path of humility is always better and the safest path of humility is just I'm nothing. Let me just connect with the shaykh, make my connection, build my love for Prophet the love for holy companions, love for Ahlul Bayt and, and feel that love and alhamdulillah. InshaAllah. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon wa salaamun al mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Bi hurmati Muhammad al-Mustafa ma bi siri Surat al-Fatiha.